Welcome to EdTech Adventures. Join us as we explore the role of technology, STEM, and creative play in education. With expert guests, we'll discover how learning is always an adventure. Can students earn scholarships just by watching instructional videos and getting to school on time? Today, our guest Joshua will share how he's found a way to convert a student's day-to-day -day school activities into scholarship incentives. Joshua Samuel is the innovative CEO and founder of Coins for College and Intuition Exchange. Leveraging his expertise in blockchain technology and his passion for education, Joshua has crafted unique platforms that reward academic achievement and foster community engagement. His vision and commitment to driving educational growth and accessibility continue to shape his journey, establishing him as a transformative figure in the realm of ed tech. Thanks so much for joining our podcast, Joshua. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited. I was looking forward to this. Let's start at that beginning of your journey, okay? Could you describe a memorable education experience that you've had as a student? So I grew up in foster care. And growing up in foster care, I, I was a bad foster child. And I moved from home to home to home to home to home. I never had consecutive back-to-back -back school years in one school. So I missed out on a lot of learning. And I remember one day my teacher was absent. And we had a substitute teacher for the whole week. I was in fifth grade. It was a sixth grade class and they were starting a new lesson. So I got the lesson from the beginning and super focused because the regular kids that are in the classroom that I make fun with, you know, they weren't there. These are the older kids. So I was laser focused in. And when it was time to take the test at the end of the week, she asked if I wanted to take it. I said, sure, why not? And I scored the highest in the class. Now. I was in the lowest fifth grade class because whenever I moved from foster care, when I moved from home to home to home, there was never any records that tracked my progress. In those 30s, you remember it, this 30 years ago, there was no email. And so they always put me in the lowest class wherever I went. And there's all kind of problems that come with that. But I, I scored the highest and it was a pivotal moment for me. I said, I can learn. I can learn. And uh, so that was probably the biggest moment. One of the biggest achievements in my life was, was eating that test. Thank you for sharing that, Joshua. And it's heartbreaking to hear how that like lack of context and information kept putting you in the wrong learning environment, right? That must've been really frustrating. It was. Could you share just going all the way back? Like you said, it was a pivotal moment acing that test. Going from there to how did you then become interested in the world of education? Foster care really, really played a big role in me starting this company, Coins for College. So in the world of foster care, you don't talk about college because at the end of the day, I'm not their child, right? And it was always temporal. I, I was in a foster home for a very short period of time, and I was always going to another place. And you just don't talk about college. And when I reached 12 years of age, I was old enough to go into a boy's home. Now, boys' homes are reserved for the really bad kids. I was bad, but not that bad. The boys' home is like the stop right before you go to jail, right? It's, it's 10 boys in one house, and there are staff that comes in and out, eight-hour shifts, lots of turnover. I requested to go into a boys' home because I was tired of all the moving around. I wanted some stability. So at the age of 12, I entered into a boy's home 
and I aged out of, of the foster care system. And age out is when you hit 18, at least in those days. And when I went to the group home, another pivotal moment happened. When you turn 18 years of age, if you are not enrolled in college, on your birthday, on your birthday, they take all of your belongings, put it in a big black garbage bag because none of us had suitcases, and they will drive you down to the local shelter. If that shelter was full, in essence, you were homeless. It only took one time for me to experience that. And I thought to myself, I need to go to college. I need to go to college. Because if you're in college, you don't age out until you're 21. So getting a job at 18, you know, as a young child, you hear you supposed to go to college. If you want a good job, you have to go to college. We found that that's not necessarily true. But in those days, college, if you want to succeed, go to college. And for me, it wasn't even about success. It was about not becoming homeless because that friend that aged out at 18, his name was Jermaine. After they dropped him off the shelter, the very next day, he came knocking on the door, asking for a place to sleep. This was his home for the last six, seven years. And the answer was like, sorry, we can't help you. The next morning, we found him sleeping in the company van, the group home's van. Three months later, they found him on a park bench with a, a bullet hole through his head. And like I said, that changed my life. His younger brother, which was still in the group home, was my best friend, Demarcus. And Jermaine was gone. I was so motivated to go to college. I had to go to college. And school took on a whole new realm for me because I wanted to go to college. It sounded like, I mean, there was no safety net. Like the college was going to be your ticket way out, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That, that's, again, heartbreaking to hear. I'm sorry you, you experienced that. Thanks for sharing that. And, and to imagine from that came Coins for College, right? Yes. <laughs> so, so, so I'm 12 years old. Jermaine gets put up. He ages out. And I'm thinking, okay, I got six years to get my act together. And I start asking everyone, how do I get to college? Now, this is a group home, counselors making minimum wage. None of them went to college. So they can't tell me. So they gave me the same answer. You have time. Come back later. You, you know, you can, you can reward that later. Yeah. So I go to school and how do I get to college? Well, when you get to high school, you can worry about that. Okay. So I get to high school, 14 years of age, make a beeline for the guidance counselor's office. How do I get to college? And... Don't worry, come back in your junior year. That's when you can apply for scholarships. Okay, junior year comes around and it's, I want to, you know, I want to go to college. How do I get to college? Now, mind you, from 12 years of age, I'm trying to figure out how to go to college. And when you're young, you can go to the moon. You can do anything. You can be a president. You can be a doctor. You can be a lawyer. You, you dream big as a child. So I wanted to go to Columbia University. Columbia is right there in New York City. It's an Ivy League school. It's the top of the top. I want to go to Columbia. So finally get to talk with my guidance counselor, guided college counselor, 16 years of age. How do I get to college? He starts talking about the FAFSA form and this and that. And by the way, I want to go to Columbia. And she says, not her exact words, that's not going to happen. 
if you wanted to go to Columbia or a school of that level, you needed to be on a trajectory that should have started at least when you were 12 years old. You're like, excuse me, excuse me. I asked when I was 12. <laughs> and nobody could give me an answer. And there was no pipeline. There was no system in place that can take a kid, especially a black and brown kid, but not just my demographic, just a kid, but more particularly certain socioeconomic demographics where college is not talked about as much. There's not a clear path to college. It just did not exist for me. The knowledge gaps that were created between 12 and now 16 years of age, and really earlier than that, was just too wide to overcome. 40 years later, 30 years later, not much has changed. Not much, especially for students in foster care in certain demographics. There is no clear pipeline that takes them outside of the classroom, outside of the behavioral issues that exist in certain classroom environments. There's no place, there's no platform that exists that can hold their hand and walk them into Columbia University. Coins for College is that platform. That is so exciting to hear. And I'm starting to hear the terms like learner journey, because I think we are starting to see that it's not, oh my goodness, let's look at a kid grade by grade, but really where are we leading our kids in this education path? Where, where is that end goal, right? And so, yes, you mentioned Coins for College and it has a very unique approach to helping students earn scholarships and also helping them along this learner journey. Could you briefly describe what you do and also where you get the inspiration? You shared a bit awesome. about the inspiration, obviously. <laughs> so the Coins for College platform, it helps prepare students for college academically, financially, and most importantly, mentally. You have to be mentally prepared for college. It has to be a goal and it needs to start earlier, much earlier. So as early as kindergarten, students earn what we call scholarship points before activities. One, attendance. You got to show up. You show up to school, you earn scholarship points. Number two, assessments. We need to discover where you are. Where are their knowledge gaps so that we can now recommend educational resources that will fill those knowledge gaps. So number two, assessments. Number three, educational resources like a Khan Academy video, a lesson. As students engage in these activities, they're earning scholarship points. And number four, extracurricular activities. Because colleges want to see not just what's happening in the classroom, but what's happening outside the classroom. Those rich life experiences that make for a great college essay that will get you into Harvard, Columbia University. So these four activities, if done consistently and done well, can get a student into any college of their choice. They take the reign. Now, the on the platform, which is probably my favorite part of the platform, is the student financial dashboard, where a student is able to see the rewards of their efforts. The same way when you or I see our paycheck or 
our stock portfolio, we're able to see that, okay, that was a really good trade, right? And, and it motivates us to keep going, right? So the student financial dashboard gives students skin in the game for how they're going to eventually get into college. Now, the scholarship points are not money and they're not scholarships. They're simply data points, a barometer to let a child know where they are. These points have a story behind them. Every point tells a story, a collective story that was built by that child from kindergarten all the way to 12th grade. Colleges are now able to look at that whole story that tells the whole story of the child and the data points, the analytics behind those points that have to do with attendance and assessments and learning and extracurricular activities and make a far more informed admission decision and financial package decision or scholarships. Unlike the SAT, which is just one standardized test at the very end of their journey that does not take into account all that they had to overcome to get there. Doesn't take into account the genius beyond how they perform on a standardized test. You're speaking my language, Joshua. I did not like the SATs. I'm like, why are you determining this based on how many synonyms I know, right? <laughs> like things like yes. that. So those four pillars that you identified, how did you go about deciding on those four? And that those would be the four metrics that you would track for these kids along their journey. Absolutely. So I, I have to give credit to a gentleman named Dr. Staggers, graduate from Berkeley in the educational field for 40 years. He was my mentor. He was my mentor. We would spend long, long sessions back and forth. And so it was really him that identified those four areas, those four metrics is what it all boils down to starting with attendance. Because again, if you don't show up in post-COVID, attendance has been a real issue for a lot of school districts struggling. Really good habits that were established over decades was just completely annihilated over the course of those two, three years when students were staying at home and and attendance was never the same. Right. And I'm glad you found mentors to help you guide through that. Cause I don't know if you told me to pick four, I, I would have no idea. Now you mentioned that those scholarship points don't necessarily equate to points, but it's a great assessment tool for colleges, but let's also look into scholarships themselves, because I think these points might help them get more success. Why do you think though, it's so difficult for some students to find or get scholarships, even though they're qualified for it? There's so many things I would like to discuss, but I know we're limited on time. So I want to pinpoint a very, very specific problem that I don't think many people realize. I don't think the ed tech industry as a whole realized. Let's go back with me in time to the year 2000, late 90s, when the internet first came on the scene. It was a scary place. It was a very scary place. It was, I mean, putting your credit card online was taboo. I'm not putting my credit card information online, but if you don't want to put your credit card information online, how much more so you don't want to put your driver's license or social security number? That was no way, no how. Well, it was around that same time that FERPA and COPA 
put these regulations in place, these guidelines, and COPA specifically is Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. Educators are much more familiar with FERPA that ultimately protects the privacy of students. COPA says that you as a online company, whether it's scholarships.com, coins for college, whatever, Cold Combat, it says that you cannot solicit nor sell the personal data of a minor to third parties without explicit permission from the parent slash guardian. Now, explicit permission is not checking a box and saying, I give permission because every 12-year-old would, would do that, of course, like they do for Facebook and TikTok. Yeah. The parent has to go through a process that's similar to, now I'm going cryptocurrency, blockchain technology. The big bottleneck in that world is what we call KYC, know your customer. And it has to do with anti-money laundering procedures in the United States, which says that you have to know who your customer is. So you have to upload a picture ID. You need proof of address. They have to prove they are the person they say they are before you can do financial transactions with them. Well, for COPA, their guidelines are similar. The parent has to prove they are who they say they are via driver's license, proof of address, even they got a proof of bank account thing they have in there, which is really weird. In a financial world, that's normal. Everyone expects that. But when it comes to just signing up for a program online, average person don't want to do that. In fact, the moment you ask me for my email address, it's like, ah, well, I also like going through all of this. And they move on. If it takes longer than five seconds to sign up for a new app or something, the average person lose interest. Now, let's go back again. Like I said, in the early 2000s, late 1990s, and you have all these ed tech companies like scholarships.com, right? So scholarship.com, come on the scene. And COPA says that unless the child is 14 years of age or older, you cannot solicit, you cannot sell their data to third parties. Well, what does scholarships.com do? They get scholarships from third parties, colleges, and they solicit students and their families to say, here, here's the scholarship that's available for you, but it cannot start happening until they're 14 years of age. Why? Because scholarship.com did not want to go through, and not just scholarships.com, let me be fair, no online agency wanted to go through the bottleneck, the laborious work that it would take to onboard a parent first and have them upload their picture ID and proof of address, that was not going to happen. So across the board, across the board, if you are under 14 years of age, you're not welcome here. Now, what does that do for me? That 12-year-old that, that want to go to Columbia University, and I, I can't afford it. I live in a group home. There's no 529 plan, someone saving for me to go to college. I need scholarships. And again, it has to be a trajectory, right? So why aim for Columbia University? Why aim for Harvard if you know you won't be able to afford it without scholarship? But there's no scholarship platform out there that exists 
that allows a kindergartner, and, and I invite the audience to go and Google, just Google scholarships. The top 10, all of them, will not allow you to start earning scholarship. There might be special programs out there, cradle to college, small little things here and there, but all of the big major platforms do not allow you to start earning scholarships until you are 14 years of age. On the Coins for College platform, they're earning scholarship points. It's all that would be required for you to get a scholarship. We're gathering that information starting from kindergarten and we're compiling it so that by the time you are ready to apply for scholarships, they can make more informed decisions. And likewise, every single parent that comes on our platform, and there's a way for parents to earn as well, which if we have time, we'll go into. In order to take advantage of that, they have to go through that KYC procedure where they do submit their proof of address, their identify, verify who they are. And that's easy these days. It's not 20 years ago where you did not want to do it, right? So we implemented that in our platform so that these third parties, colleges, people that are giving scholarships aren't able to interact with the parents and the students on our platform. That's great. I mean, you're basically... That was a lot. <laughs> now, I know, Joshua, and it's such a complex concept to wrap your mind around, but thanks for explaining it because it's basically you're letting these kids build their resumes in a safe space yes. at an early age. Like you said, you're really thinking about the 12 year old self, right? Like, Hey, yes. other 12 year old kids out there who need that safety net, who need that time to build up your learner journey, that they can create that resume in a safe space so that when they can apply, they have all the tools that they need to apply. So that's, that's great work. I, I love hearing that. And we have come a long way. Like I was with you in those days, looking at scholarships through a file folder. Like what is yes. the internet? <laughs> right. And my, my mom would refuse to share credit card information. So I had to have like a, a negotiation with her and talk about what about a check? Like there's so many hurdles that they already put in front of you. So I'm glad that points for college is trying to remove some of those barriers. So how has the reaction been from students, parents, and teachers who, who are trying out your platform? We get nothing but just, wow, where have you been? This, this should have been here. I like to describe Coins for College as an innovative way, a new way for parents to access college funding. And it truly is that. And one of the greatest pieces to this whole puzzle is what we call tuition coins. So. While students are earning scholarship points that tell this story, you and I both know that scholarships very rarely cover the full tuition cost. In fact, where private colleges are concerned, scholarships are sometimes treated as coupons, right? It's like if what gets you in the door and then you have all this extra money to pay and students are taking out really big student loans, parents are taking out loans to try to cover tuition costs. So we partnered with local businesses to purchase sponsorships on the Coins for College platform. So let's take your local pizzeria, your local barbershop, your local nail salon. Their customers are the parents of those students, the students themselves. That's their bread and butter. And they have a marketing budget to reach those parents, those students. 
what we do is we come in in the middle and we say, you can purchase a sponsorship on the Coins for College platform. And when you do, those funds that you're using for sponsorship is translated into a notification to the parents. So it looks something like this. John and Joe's local pizzeria want to reach the 10,000 parents in my neighborhood. On the Coins for College platform, as parents sign up in this neighborhood, I live in Antioch, California, as they sign up on the platform and John and Joe's come on and they say, yes, I'm interested in this particular city, this particular zip code, and here's my $100 per year that I'm going to pay to be a part of this program. That $100, $90 of it, 90% will go directly to parents. And they receive a notification saying, congratulations, you just received 5, 10, 15, 20 tuition coins made possible by the generous sponsorship of John and Joe's Pizza. And there's a link where they can go to John Joe's Pizza, but they already know John and Joe's because it's their neighborhood. It's their community. So you've heard the term that the old saying, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, the Coins for College platform allows that village to come together. So that's the big clue to all of this. It's local businesses, local individuals that's empowering the platform, if you will, through what we call tuition coins. Love it. I love it. Yes. I live across from a Title I school. I'm in San Mateo, California, okay. and we're exploring becoming a community school, which is similar to what you're saying. It's like, it takes a village. You're involving the community more to help these kids, help lift them up. Right. And so Absolutely. now you could do it in a digital way. So what has the yes. process been like building these partnerships between colleges, schools, parents, local community, local companies, students, like that's a lot of bridges to build. It is. What has that process been like? You, you know, Charlotte, we spent, uh, I'm, I'm almost ashamed to say it. We spent something like over $250,000 for this one conference that seems big, Future of Education Technology Conference. And we went big. We got the big booth. And I mean, we went all out and we wanted to, you know, say, hey, school district superintendents, we are here. And unfortunately, I, I had to learn this the hard way that it's a, it's like a network thing, right? It's, it's like, who's who? You have to know people in this space. So I came into this space like very naive, thinking that I'm going to fix the problem that prevented me from going to Columbia University. And, you know, people love it. They hear it. And you tell it to superintendents, but if you're not in that network, if you haven't paid the price, if you will, it was, you, you, you don't get in. So it's been very difficult going straight to school districts. And so I, I still go to all the conferences, but I, I realize that I have to build up my network. I have to show up. And in the meantime, we took a different approach. Instead of going directly to the schools, we're going directly to the parents. So we sort of changed our business model where we are going directly to the parents and showing our value proposition to them first. And they love it. So parents are signing up on the platform and they are going through our identity verification process. 
So now when we go to the school, we are unlike any other EdTech platform. Well, we're saying, no, these parents signed up their children and they gave all of the necessary requirements that satisfies FERPA. So we will go back to the schools. And when they see these students are on our platform, they want to make it to college, it's going to be an easier conversation. And, and all the while, I'm building those, those relationships with school districts. Yeah, I, I agree. That's definitely a better approach. We've been around for 10 years, right? And we started off targeting parents because there's fewer barriers when it comes to networks. And same thing, it's, I, I believe in your company, the same thing happened for us where those parents became our ambassadors. Exactly. You know, to get into the schools that they would recommend us to schools. And all of a sudden we're like, oh my gosh, the schools are discovering yes. us. They're having conversations with us. Now we need to build out a team to help. I mean, this is where I joined in to help the schools and support the schools in, in our platform. So I have every faith you're going to build that system out. Thank you. And so really rooting for you there. Thinking in the future, are there any other incentives you're exploring for this program outside of the four pillars that you sort of defined earlier on? Ultimately, what I would like is for the institutions to get involved. So right now I took, took local businesses, but I would like to see a system where Microsoft and Google create pathways for students to go into our library, not just of educational content, but trade or specific industry content that they can tap into in that entity, whether it's Microsoft or Google where they would reward that student, maybe not necessarily scholarship points, because ultimately if there was a pathway for students from, let's say fourth grade, they know I want to be a software developer. My son is a software developer. He did not go the college route. He just, he didn't. He started on, you know, platforms like Code Combat and Code.org and from the time he was 12 years old. So by the time he was 18 years of age, he, he knew how to build stuff. He knew how to code. And then he went into a boot camp for nine months and he got hired as a software engineer for Target, you know, and making really, really good money. I know. What a hero's journey. I love it. I yeah. love that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I love that idea of having almost like specialized incentives based on what your interests are, right? And I think Absolutely. we talked about this in the past. My husband also did not go the college route and he makes more money than me. So <laughs> there's that too. <laughs> All right. So looking into the future, how could companies like Coins for College impact the future of ed tech? I think there's, you, you kind of nailed it in the very beginning when you talked about learner journeys and treating students as individuals. Coins for College, it's so pro-individual where each student are charting their own pathway. And I think the more ed tech companies cater to that and serve as that bridge to the child's ultimate destiny, where they want to end up, for some, it will be college. And for some, it may be grad school. And for others, it may be a boot camp. It may be a trade school. It may be an internship that turns into a full-time job. So just making those sort of opportunities available, I think that's the biggest impact that we will have in the child's life, students. Because that's ultimately what it comes down to. When you talk ed tech, 
talk, education, it all comes back to that, the student. Everything should be student-focused. Right. And again, back to that 12-year-old self, all those other 12-year-olds has a hand to hold, right? Yes. Through that journey. And I, I agree, EdTech can be that hand if we implement it well. Yeah. So to all those out there who want to explore something like this, who want to also help 12-year-old kids or however young, what advice would you give to someone who is interested in exploring a program like Coins for College or, or exploring how to assist kids with that learner journey? Where should they start? Well, I'm a little biased here, but I like the Coins for College platform. So coinsforcollege.org is a good place to start. But platforms like Khan Academy, Khan Academy is just so amazing. And I grew up in a demographic where, you know, there was 12 books, 12 chapters in the math book. We never made it past chapter eight because of classroom behavior issues. So there was no way from the very beginning, there was no chance of me succeeding on an SAT. I mean, when I took the SAT, I didn't recognize most of the stuff on there. I've never experienced it. Now, mind you, I was a top student. I was the best in class, but my class never made it past chapter eight. Khan Academy would have exposed me beyond chapter eight. That's what the Coins for College platform does. We expose you beyond the limitations of your demographics and give you a trajectory to get into any college of your choice. And I think Khan Academy is another great place to start. Thanks for that advice. And I have to plug Code Combat too, because we, we do the of same. On, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> My I son mean, loves Code Combat. <laughs> he, he absolutely loves it. I've been telling our team about it. And I was just like, yo, Joshua's son needs to be spotlight. Because like he went to boot camp. He's an engineer and he learned from Code Combat, things like that. But I agree. There's yes. so many other like platforms out there to help a kid. But I love how Coins for College is constant of a platform like that where it can all be housed, right? So it's like a go-to site for parents and, and kids to go, hey, if I'm looking for those resources, I know where to go. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your experience, Joshua. And check it out, Coins for College. We'll have links in the episode description if you want to explore some more. And again, thanks for being part of our podcast. Thank you so much, Charlotte. It was great being with you. Thanks for listening to EdTech Adventures. Please subscribe to catch more of our episodes and leave a review to support the show. For more resources and info, visit us at codecombat.com slash podcast. I'm your host, Charlotte Chang. We'll see you on our next learning adventure.